Let's see your Bibles this morning. Say word. Very good. One more time. Say word. Let's see your pen. Say pens. Lesson plan. Let's turn to um, Job chapter 1. Job chapter 1. This is the very first Bible study I ever taught in my whole life. Uh, I was playing football with the Chargers and and they asked me to do a Bible study for the team, for the Christians on the team. I was a new Christian and I knew some guys were getting cut. So for all you don't know who Job is, he's a guy who had some bad things happen to him. So I taught about Job. (laughs) Job chapter one. And after you find it, we're going to all bow our heads and pray. So if you found it, bow your heads and pray. If you found it, if you haven't, don't bow your head and close your eyes yet. Just make sure you find it first. Very good. Job chapter 1. Lord, thank you so much for this story, Job. Thank you for the man. Thank you for his faith and his courage. And Lord, I thank you that you encourage us no matter what we go through. As our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed, if you are struggling with a financial issue, just raise your hand up real high. Thank you. You can put your hands down. There are many of you who raised your hand. If you are struggling with a health issue, raise your hand up high. Okay, all over the room. If you have a family issue, you have a conflict with a family member or a friend, a person, raise your hand up real high. Wow, a lot of you, a lot of you. Okay. Okay. If you have an emotional issues. You're discouraged, suicidal, depressed. Just raise your hand up real high. Okay, we'll pray for you. Some of you have addictions you're dealing with. Okay, just raise your hand up real high. Okay. And some of you have a secret, something that nobody knows but you, and you need to get it off your chest. Just raise your hand up high. Just some unknown sin. Okay, very good. Thank you. Thank you for all, Lord, thank you for those people raising their hands, and I thank you for their honesty. I pray for those who who didn't raise their hand but are still struggling with those things. I pray you encourage all of them today. In Jesus' name, amen. One of the most frequent asked questions I get when I talk to non-Christians about God is that they ask, why do bad things happen to good people? How many of you heard that question before? Very good. Some of you probably wondered that. Why do bad things happen to good people? Whenever you witness to anybody or talk to anybody about God or really anything who has a difference of opinion, one of the first things you need to do is to define the terms that you're using in a conversation. So if someone says to you, why do bad things happen to good people? You want to qualify what is a good person and what is a bad thing. Because there are things that happened to all of us in the past where at the time we thought it was bad, come to find out it was the best thing that happened to us. Can I get an amen? I mean, think about someone you used to date. <laughs> you broke up and it was like, oh, they don't love me. I'm going to kill myself. And now looking back at you, they praise the Lord. <laughs> Can I get an Amen. <laughs> okay, so, so you always want to qualify what does it mean to have a bad thing happen? And what is a good person? In this story we're going to read, it's about a guy named Job. Everyone say Job. And the Bible tells us that he is a good person. 
And you may read the story and say that's a bad thing, but we have to really find out how Job feels about it. So whenever someone says, why do bad things happen to good people? One of the things, one of the answers you can give is, look at the response of the good person. And that's your answer. Look at the response of the good person. Now, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to say Job is a good man. And, and when I say good, I'm going to shrug my shoulders like that, okay? So just watch this, and then we'll ask you to do it here in a minute. Job was a good man, okay? So when I ask you to repeat that, I want you to say good man like that, okay? Are you, are you ready? Okay, one, two, three. Job was a good man. Yeah, that was real weak. You're going to say with me. Say Job was a good man with me. When you say good, you're going to throw your shoulders up, Okay. One, two, three, Job was a good man. Okay, let's try it one more time. One, two, three, Job was a good man. Okay, look at the person next to you and say, I don't want to do this this morning. Look at the person next to you and say, this is really corny. Thank you very much. Now we're going to do it one more time, and I want you to look at them when you do it. So you can see how corny it does look, Okay. So look at the person next to you and just listen to me. And on three, we're going to say, Joe was a good man, and our show's going to go up. Are you looking? Don't look at me. One, two, three. Joe was a good man. All right, very good. Okay. Let's read. It says, there was a man in the land of Uz. Everyone say Uz Whose name was Job, and that man was blameless, upright, one who feared God and shunned evil. Okay, yesterday, uh, Mark Ingram won the Heisman Trophy, Alabama, first Alabama football player to win the Heisman Trophy. And, and, uh, and he's from Flint, Michigan. His father actually got a Super Bowl ring. He played for the New York Giants. And the Heisman Trophy is a guy doing this. The Bible says that Job gave evil the Heisman. It says it right there. It says, there was a man in the land of us. Everyone say us. And this man was Job, uh, this man was, uh, name was, hmm. <laughs> whose name was Job, and that man was blameless, upright, and he gave evil the Heisman. Okay? So we know that he was a good man. The Bible said he had seven sons and three daughters. So we know that he and his wife got along. Okay? <laughs> the first service didn't get that. It was like they just... One over their head. Eight o'clock people. I don't know. You're all grumpy. You know, coming to church. Verse 3. It said his possessions were 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and a very large household. So this man was the greatest of all the people of the East. Um, this is believed to be one of the oldest books in the Bible. And one of the reasons they believe that is because they measured wealth in animals. They didn't measure wealth in gold or silver. They measured wealth in animals. And there's no, there's no uh, um, mention of a king or a judge. So it was long before a lot of those other errors in the Bible. Verse 4, it says, His sons would go and feast in their houses, each one on his appointed day, and would send and invite their three sisters to eat and drink. So the kids got, got together. They, they got along. Verse 5, so it was when the days of feasting would run their course that Job would send and sanctify them. He would rise early in the morning, offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all. And Job said, it may be possibly that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did on a regular basis. So here the Bible says that Job shunned evil, that he was blameless. He had 10 kids that got along and had parties. And whenever they had a party, he would go out in the next morning and build an altar and sacrifice to God and say, I pray on behalf of my kids because maybe they curse God. Okay, so number one of your notes, good people pray for other people. 
Good people regularly pray for other people. So Job is is the kind of guy that he's not only going to shun evil himself, he's going to pray on behalf of his kids based on what they might have done. Now, I don't know, you know, you you may say, well, I pray for other people, but I don't know when's the last time your kids went out, and then the next morning you got up and built the altar and sacrificed to God. You know, killed one of the neighbor's cats and said, oh, God, you know, forgive my kids. I'm not saying you should ever do that. You shouldn't kill cats. You shouldn't abuse animals. But my point is, is that what he, what he did was he, he was constantly offering, giving offerings to God on behalf of what his kids might have done. Not what his kids did, but what they might have done in their heart. This is a good guy. Just want to establish the fact that he's a good guy. On three, say Job was a good man with me. One, two, three. Job was a good man. Okay, very good. Now, look what it says in verse six. There was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came. Now, imagine God having a staff meeting. I promise you no one was late. So you have all his angels and all his guys, and all of a sudden, the devil's in the room. Imagine the the buzz. (laughs) You know, is he coming back to repent? You know, what's, what's, what's up with him? And look what it says. It says... The Lord said to Satan, from where do you come from? Not, not, not that God didn't know, but he wanted everybody else to know. Satan said, from going to an afro on the earth and walking back and forth on it. Y'all are slow getting that. In the original language, there was a little A in front of the fro, okay? Some of y'all still are not getting that, but that's okay. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's, it's good. It's good. You know, God will reveal it to you when you get home. It says, the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and gives evil the Heisman. This is the only reason in the Bible I don't want to be a godly man, because I don't want God saying to the devil, hey, go check out Miles. He'll never, you do anything you want to him. He won't ever curse me. Okay. So the devil says, I've been walking around on the earth, just, you know, hey, you know, ladies, you might have met this guy. (laughs) Fellas, you might have met the female version, because they are she-devils. Ladies, can I get an amen? Mm -hmm. And y'all know him before we know him, okay? Um, The Bible says that he was walking around the earth, and God says, have you considered my servant Job? He is a good man. You can't stumble him. And then it says in verse uh, 9, Satan answered and said, Does Job fear God for nothing? You have made a hedge around him and his household and around all that he has on every side. You have blessed the work of his hands and his possessions have increased in the land. But if you stretch out your hand and touch all he has, he will curse you to your face. Here's the accusation. As a matter of fact, number two, good people live constantly accused by the devil. You are constantly accused by the devil. Now, let me say this. A lot of y'all raised your hand earlier saying, I'm going through this, I'm going through this, I'm going through this. And by the way, everybody in this room is going through something. Let's verify. Is anybody going through something? Thank you. Okay, we're all going through something. We're all going through something. The question is, how are you responding to what you're going through? Here's what the devil is banking on, that he can get you to curse God. Be mad at God. Talk behind God's back, even though you can't because he's in front of you. 
complain about God? How come God's blessing that person, not me? I don't deserve this. Blah, 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 blah. Wah, 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 wah. That is what the devil is banking on. And one of the devil's names is accuser. So when you do that, the devil is right before the Lord saying, look at that hypocrite. That's what he does all day long. The devil will put stuff in your head about other people. Well, look at that person. Look at that person. Look at that person. The devil will say, oh, that person's talking behind your back and that person's doing this to you. And you have all these, these arguments in your head and all this anger towards other people and it's Satan instigated. It's garbage. It is garbage. It's from the pit of hell. And we fall into it. And so here's the devil saying, listen, as long as, he says, God, as long as you bless your people, they'll praise you all day long. But as soon as stuff doesn't go their way, they start complaining. <laughs> that's not a good person. What I mean by that's not a good person, if you say you're a good Christian and all that stuff, uh, good Christians and people who walk with God, that's not how they live. Now, does it, does it mean you don't get discouraged? Yeah, you can get discouraged. Does it mean you're not going to have hard times? Yeah, you're going to have hard times. Does it mean you're not going to say, God, can you take this from me? Absolutely. We're not talking about that. We're talking about you saying, God, you're wrong. God, I don't like you. I'm not going to church. I'm not giving any money. I'm not serving. I'm not doing all that stuff because you're not blessing me. That's what I'm talking about. Do all, I, let me tell you, me along with you, I have been times in my life where I say, God, I'm not going to say I was suicidal, but God, it would be, I would have no problem with going to heaven today. <laughs> where life gets too hard. How many of y'all feel life is too hard? Very good. And here's the, here's the amazing thing about it. And all of you, I hope, will know exactly what I'm talking about. One day, one minute, you can say life is too hard. And then two minutes later, it's all good. It's all good. You're like, oh, I want to die. I want to die. I can't take it. And then all of a sudden, your perspective changes. God shows you something. God does something. And you're the happiest person on earth. How fickle okay, we can be. And so the, the point is that the devil's gonna, the devil's gonna say to God, God, Job is a hypocrite and he is playing you. Some of us play God. When things go our way, God is good. When things don't go our way, we hit the bottle, we do pornography, we go cheat, we yell, scream, whatever, and we, and we do things our way. That is not, that's not a person who's walking with God. Let me say it again. That is not a person who's walking with God. Let me say it again. That is not a person who's walking with God. That's a person who's with God when it's going, and they say, I'm going to go now, God, stay over there. I don't like what you're doing to me. That's not walking with God. The devil speaks three times in the Bible. First time he speaks is in Genesis. Second time he speaks is in Job. And the third time he speaks is in Matthew. And every time the devil speaks, he has one goal. is to destroy your relationship with God. Because it's only in the context of your relationship with God can you have the peace of God and the blessings of God and eternal life of God. So all he wants to do is destroy that relationship. In Genesis, he tries to turn man against God. He tells Adam and Eve, God is playing you. God told you not to eat from that tree. He's lying to you. Adam and Eve believe it. They eat. Death happens. Women have pain in labor. All you ladies, you got the epidural and all, the, all that stuff you got to go to. You need to blame Eve. Okay. And blame the devil. The second time he speaks is right here. He tries to turn God against man. He says, God, Job is playing you. The third time he speaks in Matthew, he talks to the God man, Jesus, and tries to get the God man, Jesus, to bow down to him. The whole, every, every time he spoke, it's the same reason. Destroy relationship. It's only in the context of relationship with God can you be blessed by God. You don't get blessed by God because you come to church. Or you say Jesus or word, all kind of stuff. No, no. It's because you have relationship with him. That's it. Relationship. 
Eternal life is relationship with Jesus. And so the devil is constantly trying to break that relationship. And so here he says, is that God, Job's a hypocrite. Let me assure you the devil is calling you names behind your back. And let me assure you, in some of those cases, he's right. Now God knows. Your and my goal is to prove him wrong. Because God is going to say to Job, Job will not curse me. And the devil's going to say, he will curse me. And let's see what happens. That happens to you every day. You lose your job. What are you going to do? You going to curse God? You get sick. What are you going to do? You going to curse God? Someone has a terminal illness. What are you going to do? You going to curse God? If God wanted to punish you, he would just send you to hell. Hell is a whole lot worse than any pain you can have here. This is elementary school pain. This is nothing compared to hell. And so you're going to curse God just because you don't get your way? Knowing that in the past when you didn't get your way, how it always, God turned those things into good? Or could turn those things into good? And we we forget. So as soon as things don't go your way, I'm I'm not going to be faithful to God. I'm not going to serve. I'm not going to give. I'm not going to do this. God is bigger than that. So let's see what Job does. It says, Verse 12, the Lord said to Satan, behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not lay your hand on this person. And Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. Now, I'm going to describe to you what Satan does. Okay. But first let me tell you this. Satan is a genius compared to you and me. Now, let let me rephrase that. We understand genius in human terms. We all know people who are very, very smart. I'm not talking about that level of genius. That's like first grade genius compared to devil genius. The devil is global and even, even bigger than global. He was in heaven. He was an angel. He understands strategic planning like nobody's business. He is strategizing for the globe to bring the globe against God. That's what he's strategizing, and he's doing a great job. So he is really smart. He's very patient. He's very strategic. He's very intelligent. So when he comes against you, he knows exactly when to pull the trigger with pain in your life to maximize your hatred towards God. How many of you have ever had something bad happen to you and these exact words came out of your mouth? Why is this happening now? Anybody? The, the timing couldn't be worse. Nope. The timing was orchestrated by the master deceiver. He knows how to get you. Okay. So as you read this, I want you to think of the, I want you to notice the timing and the, the strategy of the devil. Verse 13. Now there was a day when Job's sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in the oldest brother's house. And a messenger came to Job and said, the oxen were plowing, the donkeys were feeding beside them when the Sabaeans raided them and took them away. Indeed, they have killed the servants with the edge of the sword. And I alone have escaped to tell you while he was still speaking. Another also came and said, the fire of God fell from heaven, burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them. And I alone have escaped to tell you. And while they were still speaking, another also came and said, the Chaldeans formed three bands, raided the camels and took them away. And yes, killed the servants with the edge of the sword. And I alone have escaped to tell you. And while he was still speaking, another also came and said, your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in the oldest brother's house. And suddenly a great wind came from across the wilderness, struck the four corners of the house, It fell on the young people, and they are dead, and I alone have escaped to tell you. Here's Job sitting on his ponderosa. 
his land. He got 40 acres over here, 40 acres to the north, to the south, to the east, to the west. And, he, and, and he's got his camels over here. He's got his ox over here. He's got his sheep over here and his kids over here. And he's watching the Heisman Trophy ceremony on TV. Everything's going good. He's got servants. He's got all this stuff. His kids are partying. They're, they're getting along. Him and his wife are getting along. And he's sitting there. And out of the blue, this guy comes running in the house. Joe, 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 Joe. Uh, the, the Chaldeans, the Sabians came and they took all the oxen. They killed them all. And while the words are coming out of his mouth, Joe, 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 the fire God came and killed up all the camels. While the words are coming out of his mouth, Joe, 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 the, the Chaldeans came and they killed it. And while the words are coming out of his mouth, Joe, 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 your kids are dead. The devil not only destroyed everything, killed everything, except one servant in each of the the four corners of his property and left him healthy enough to run to tell Job and time the news so that he got it one after another. Boom, 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 boom. Now, I doubt any of you have had that happen to you. I doubt any of you have 10 kids. Maybe you do. As a matter of fact, does anybody here have 10 kids? Anybody? You got yeah. Anybody got 10 kids? He lost all his money. He lost all his employees. He lost all his, not his property, but all the dwellings on his property. He lost all his kids. In one minute, in one minute, what's he going to do? What would you do? What are you doing now? You lost your job, and what are you doing? You, what are you, you cursing God? You found out you're sick, you're cursing God? You, someone broke up with you, you're cursing God? What's, what's causing you to curse God? Imagine if you can get to a point in your life where nothing mattered except what God wanted for you. And you had the foresight to know that whatever came and in and went out of your life, God could use it for good, and you just had to trust him. Because that's biblical fact. Whatever comes in and out of your life, whatever that is, God wants to use it in your life. Sometimes, everyone say sometimes. Everyone say sometimes. And I stress sometimes, what you go through is God is sending you through again because you didn't learn a lesson from the first time. Why is this happening to me again? Because you didn't learn from the first time. But it's the tenth time. Well, nine times you missed the lesson. How many of you know that's what's going on? You know it. And you still blame God. It's not fair. God, can I learn another way? No, because you are hard-headed. <laughs> well, you made me that way. No, I didn't. I gave you determination, and you turned it into hard-headedness. Look what Job did. Verse 20. Job arose, tore his robe, shaved his head, and fell on the ground and worshiped. Hmm. He worshiped. And look what he said. Naked I came from my mother's womb. Naked I shall return. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job did not sin nor charge God with wrong. Now, let me say this. It doesn't mean you can't say, God, this hurts. It doesn't mean you say, God, why? It doesn't mean you can't say, God, please don't. Doesn't mean you can't say that stuff. I mean, even Jesus, right before he got crucified, he says, Lord, is there any other way? I don't want to do this. But then he said, Not my will, your will be done. It doesn't mean you can't you can't have those those feelings and you can't feel pain. 
But it means that at the end of the day, God is right. At the end of the day, God has a plan bigger than you. God is doing something more important than what you know. And at the end of the day, we have to trust God. That's, that's the bottom line. At the end of the day, you have to trust God. I, I, I have this little notepad where I write down questions that I think Larry King would ask me one day. <laughs> I've actually been on the show a couple of times, but it's, it's called my Larry King book. And, and the reason I say that is because when you're on an interview on television, if they ask you a question, you have to be able to ask the question really fast and, and, and really concise so the, the person listening can get it. And the person who doesn't believe what you believe can get it. And one of the things we have to understand is that when someone says, well, how come, what is, why is this bad thing happen to you? Are you, you know, God's not making you happy. You have to realize that God has not called you to be happy, but holy. Life is not about being happy, but being holy. And God has called all of us in here to be holy people. And the, the process of being holified or sanctified is painful because we have to get rid of stuff that we hold on to. And by the way, the tighter you hold, the more painful it will be. But if you let it go, there are some things in your life God is trying to take from you. And you don't want to let it go. That, the pain is on you. The Bible says all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Here's what that doesn't mean. Just because you go to church, things are going to work out. That's not what that means. It means if you walk with God and you obey God, all things will work out for good. What is good? What's good in the eyes of God, not you. You may die with 20 diseases and no money and go to heaven. That's a good day. That's a good day in God's eyes. And while you're dying with 20 diseases and no money, you are praising God all the time, saying, praise the Lord that he let me have life and breath, and I can't wait to see him. That's a good day. So you always have to say, what, does, how, what is God's perspective? And God's perspective is this. No matter what you're going through today, he's got it. All you have to do is trust him. All you have to do is believe him. All you have to do is let your cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. You know, uh, in James chapter 4, verse 1 to 3, it talks about why we have struggles. And man has wars and anger and frustration for one reason. It's because we don't get what we want. The only reason you ever get frustrated or angry, there's only one reason, is because something didn't go your way. And one of the ways to never get frustrated or to minimize your frustration, minimize your anger, it's to not care what happens as long as it pleases God. And if something happened that God allowed to happen, you have to say, you know what, let me look, turn, let me step back and see what God's purpose was. Because maybe there's something I don't know. And trust God. Your anger level will go down. Your anxiety level will go down. Your frustration level will go down. Don't be that person that things have to go your way for you to be happy. Don't th- be that person that things have to go your way for you to, to walk with God. Be that person that says, God, I will do whatever you want, however you want. It doesn't matter because it's all on you. I was watching a show yesterday on TV. It was, it was a terror in Mumbai. It was an HBO special on the terrorists in Mumbai. They killed like 157 people. They just walked into the hotel and shot people up. And, and, and they had the recordings of their phone calls to, each, to their leader who was at another place. And the reason those guys had so much power is because they were willing to die themselves. 
So they had nothing to fear. They went in there knowing they were going to die. That's why they have so much power. Matter of fact, that's why terrorists have so much power. You can't defeat it. You can't defeat it. Unfortunately, you can minimize it, but you can't defeat it. Because if people, if people are willing to die, how can you stop them? God says, I want you to die. I want you to pick up your cross, deny yourself, and follow me. What does that mean? I want you to stop holding on to your reputation and what you want and what you think and let me have your life. And when you let all that go and you say, God, I'll do whatever, oh, then God says, let's go. He will lead you through the valley of the shadow of death. He will get more out of your life than you could ever imagine. But if you're living life like I got to control everything and I got to do it my way, God's going to look at you and say, come back when you're ready. I can't work with you. But if God can find, the Bible says the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the earth, looking for, to show himself strong on behalf of somebody who will trust him and be loyal. That's what God is doing. So God's looking around this room going, I wonder who in here I can trust. There's a whole world out there going to hell. And I need people I can trust that I can work through. So he's looking around this room. He goes, nah, I can't trust you. You're going to, you, you, you know, once one big, I'm not pointing to anybody in specific, by the way. <laughs> he's talking to me. I ain't never coming back to this church. He just called me out in front of everybody. <laughs> but he's like, oh, no, you, you know, once one thing goes bad, you start complaining and you'll never give any money and you'll never serve and you'll never sacrifice and you get your feelings hurt too easy and, and you always got to be first. And he's like, issues, issues, issues. Does anybody here not care about any of that? Because if I can find that person, that's the person I can use. If I can find that person, that's the person I can use. In a minute, we're going to pray. Some of y'all in here need to let go and you need to say, God, I got pain. I got issues. I got, um, I'm not Job. I'm not at Job's level, but I want to be. I want to be able to worship you through thick and thin. I want to be able to let go of all the things I want, and I just want to have my hands open and allow you to give me what you want for my life. I'm going to give you my pain. I'm going to give you my fear. I'm going to give you my frustration. I'm going to give it all to you. I'm going to give you my sin right now today. So let's all bow our heads and pray. Lord, thank you so much that you love us. Thank you for Job. Thank you that at the end of the book, you gave him more money. You gave him all his kid, more kids. You blessed him after more than he had before. But in the end, it didn't matter, God. They all went to heaven anyway. Thank you that you are so faithful. Lord, there's so many people here going through stuff. They know what they're going through, but they got to surrender it to you. They got to stop letting the devil turn them against you. They got to stop letting the devil blame you, accuse you of doing something wrong to them. They have to trust that you are the only hope they have to get through. If today you would like to draw on the power of God, the peace of God, to deal with your stuff, Pray with me in the privacy of your heart. Pray, dear God, please forgive my anger, my frustration, my sin. You know my burden. You know my pain. Please, I surrender it to you, God. Be my savior, 
my strength, my joy, my Messiah. Jesus, forgive me. Please forgive me. As our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed, if you prayed that prayer, I'm going to ask you right now in this place to stand to your feet and acknowledge God's strength. God bless you. Stay standing. God bless you. God bless you. Stand to your feet and acknowledge, yes, I am surrendering my stuff to God. I want salvation. I want encouragement. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. We see you all over the room, all on the balcony, every level here. God bless you. 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 We see you all over the room. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Some of you have, you need someone to pray with. We want to pray with you. Stand to your feet. We want to encourage you. We want to talk to you. Stand to your feet. God bless you. 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 Very good. Now we're going to ask all of you all over the room. In a minute, we're going to ask you to come down to the altar. If you are in the balcony, all you have to do is turn around and walk up, and the ushers will bring you down. And I'm going to ask everybody else not to start walking out, at least until we get everybody down here so we don't lose them. So right now I'm going to ask all the people who are standing just to come out of your seat and come on down to the altar. And let's give them a hand as they come on down. Amen. God bless you. Come on, let's give them big hands. Say Jesus. God bless you. 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 Say Jesus! God bless you. 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 You're welcome. You're welcome. It's true. It's really true. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Amen, amen, amen. (laughs) Say Jesus. Who did I get? Did I get y'all? God bless you. Amen, amen. Amen. Give me a hand and come on down. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. What's up? Come forward. Here we go. What's up? What's up? What's up? God bless you. 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 The good thing about God is that he knows everything, and he has a plan for all y'all. All y'all, he knows exactly what you're going through. He is ready. You just got to let him do it. Let him be the boss. It's not, it's not a partnership where you're equal partners. 
He's 100% owner of everything and you are nothing. <laughs> let him make all the decisions, is what I mean. Don't let him make four and you make two. You let him make the decisions and you obey him. That's how it has to work. Because the minute we say, I know better, the Bible says it's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. It may not be you go in the grave that day, but your relationships will die, your finances will die, your health will die, your opportunities will die. That's the death he's talking about. And so just let God dictate your life. That's how you will be blessed. And just know he loves you. He, he could have killed you a long time ago. He's very gracious. He's very patient. He's not going to lead you down any wrong path ever. Ever. And the only reason you got through what you got through is because of him. Lord, thank you so much for being the God that you are. Thank you that you are more than fair. You are righteous. Thank you that you are more than loving. You are love. Thank you that you work on our behalf in ways we can't even imagine. Lord, you do so much on our behalf, we don't even know it. So I pray that all of us would allow you to use us this this holiday season, this Christmas season, as we prepare for next year, that we would be better Christians next year than we were this year. And that we would use these next few weeks of this year to really rethink our life, our commitment, our relationships, that we would honor you. And that we would be reminded what Christmas is all about. It's about a relationship. Christmas is a relationship opportunity. Jesus came to develop relationship. And it's in the context of that relationship that we live. Thank you. Thank you for being good to us. In Jesus' name.